Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to focus on asynchronous tools for assessment. So you may be thinking what kind of assessment activities you can do in the online platform that might be asynchronous. So it may mean that you're giving students the opportunity to do these activities, assignments, um, when they're not together or synchronous with other students or with you. So thinking of Bloom's higher order thinking and all the way down to lower order thinking skills, and using Bloom's taxonomy. If we start from the very bottom, we see that remembering is that lower order thinking skill. Then the next we have understanding, then the next one on top of that is applying, on top of that is analyzing, on top of that is evaluating, and then creating. So if we're thinking about how to really uh, give students great opportunities to set themselves up for success and showing what they know in their assignments, it means that we're going to, at the beginning of our online class, help students understand the terminology, the nomenclature, which are very much centered around the remembering and understanding aspects of thinking skills. And then as they progress and scaffold the learning and the content in the class, then it gets all the way to end of semester. And that's when students should really be using analyzing, evaluating, and ultimately creating something new with the skills and the knowledge that they've learned throughout their class. So I'm going to present a couple of ideas here for asynchronous tools and give a, uh, ways of how you can locate those and online and how they might be used. So let's take blogs, for instance. So in your learning management system, you might have a blog area that you can access for an activity, or it may mean that you can use something like wordpress.com. So what is a blog? Blog just means that a student can post something a comment or a piece of text with graphics, with multimedia, and other people would see. So generally it would be for students uh, inter uh, commenting on student work, especially if you're sitting it on your LMS. If you're going to use something like WordPress to have a blog activity, you're going to want to make sure that you are using, uh, that your students are of age, uh, of majority, and that they are okay with having their uh, work being publicly accessible. Unless you lock it down in WordPress, you're going to want to make sure that you use your LMS if students aren't comfortable with having their work uh, public for public viewing. So how might you be able to use a blog in an activity? Well, perhaps you can set up weekly explorations that students have to give different um, overviews or synopses on music styles or musicians or perhaps composers. Or perhaps students are going to start out with taking the information that they've uh, learned from a certain chapter and they have to create a one paragraph synopsis of it. So it's really getting them to show that they understand the material. So blogs to me are really on that lower uh, order thinking uh, scale level. and But they really serve a really strong purpose that they students can really show what they know in their understanding. Now, another uh, asynchronous tool might be that students use podcasts or vlogs, uh, vlog casting, video casting, and that way they can use something like iTunes feed or blogger.com 
and they can actually create their own podcast. Now, the podcast actually creates a little bit more of a opportunity for students to apply their understanding. And if it's carefully crafted as an activity, they can actually analyze and get into that creating all the way up to creating in higher order thinking skills. So it's all about the question that's asked for the student activity, especially in the um, in the podcast or the video casts. And as in typical, even in discussion questions or just uh, test it questions, it's all about the question and how it's asked. So creating a question that allows a student to uh, pr- uh, pick a topic that's bigger than a bread box, but smaller than a Mack truck is always a really great option. That way students can be motivated to talk about or write about or play about something that they're interested and motivated in that may not be extremely niche um, and at the same time can hit those assessment objectives that you've outlined. So for a uh, podcast, you might think of the student is um, looking at having the student develop video production skills. That might be something that they're needing to do. Uh, Students might also be able to create a video archive. And as a class, uh, if every student actually creates a video to add to the podcast, and then that can actually go out uh, for the broader public consumption, or students are working in groups and each of them, each individual creates a podcast and you're creating a group collaborative knowledge. Uh, that might also also be a tool that you want to look at. Another one is that students could even create apps. So this is for those students that already have some tech savvy skills going on. And uh, it's also that the objectives of the class likely are to identify that students will be developing their uh, technology skills. So again, we're always going back to the objectives um, for those assessments. So obviously, when you create your objectives uh, for your class, they assessments always have to map back to those objectives. So keep that in mind. But when we're looking at um, if students uh, are given the opportunity in the objectives to actually work with apps or create apps, this is a wonderful opportunity for students to truly show what they know in the creation, the analysis, the application and the understanding of whatever that content is that you've been discussing and learning about. So that might be something also that you could um, have a have for an asynchronous activity tool. The other one is discussion posts. Now, we've all heard about discussion posts and how they're great asynchronous tools. But again, it's all about the question. If it's not starting with a really great question that allows students to come at it from that multifaceted angle, um, then it's probably going to be that whoever's the first person to put down the discussion question answer gets the, <laughs> gets the virtual toaster oven, so to speak, uh, prize. So you really want to make sure that that discussion discussion post question is setting up all students for engagement in the uh, activity. Again, it's about the strength of the question. As well, it's also about how this discussion is facilitated. So when I do my discussions, I often set three weeks up prior to um, a student facilitated discussion. Uh, activity that those three weeks prior are me modeling what I would want my student facilitators to do in the discussion. Again, 
in the online environment, because it is pretty new for some students and for some teachers, you really want to make sure that you're modeling what you expect of your students when using a new piece of technology or new media. And even more so, you want to model your expectations of your stu- of what you expect from your students, especially if they're going to be doing that similar activity uh, later on for an assessment. So I take those first three weeks of week one, two, and three of my class, and I actually get my students um, to be talking in discussions, but I'm the facilitator. And then on week four, five, six, seven, however many uh, weeks I'm having student uh, groups facilitating uh, the discussion, then I give students the opportunity to see what it's like to facilitate a discussion. Um, Also, in the discussion posts, uh, I really encourage students not to just use text. We know that text can just be uh, a very onerous task for some, so why not try asking students to create an audio response or even a video response. Now, not all students are going to be comfortable creating a video response. However, it does create a really great opportunity for students to hone their presentation skills. So if you take um, a few uh, minutes at the beginning and of your class and let students know that they will need to have to do maybe um, a couple of videos during the course of the class for their discussion responses. Um, that'll just start to set them up for expecting that. Uh, what I did for one class, and I did some research and I wrote about it, um, about the multimedia design uh, in an online class, is I went and I had, my, uh, for my first three weeks of my students, um, of joining with my students in the class, they actually had to do three-minute video responses, and then they could do the any more text than they wanted uh, that they wanted afterwards and so that really created a a wonderful opportunity for students to have to fit um, all of the content information that they wanted to in an itty bitty space of three minutes but it also created opportunity with the option of adding text if they didn't feel those three minutes were long enough generally they didn't feel three minutes was long enough but they're creating and honing those skills of filtering down to the real finite and important pieces of their content uh, knowledge and being able to present that in a focused manner. A really good but challenging skill. So hopefully these three tools of Uh, sorry, four tools of the blogs, the podcasts, uh, creating apps, as well as looking at discussion posts are some really helpful asynchronous tools that you might be able to use for your activities with your students when teaching music online. Take care and happy musicking.